Homily 2 of Coptic Homilies in the Dialect of Upper Egypt by E. A. Wallace Budge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Also the explanation of Appa John, Archbishop of Constantinople, concerning Susanna. Once more we come unto you with great readiness, for we are in debt to you in respect of an address not that we shall be able to discharge our obligation completely as is meet but only to pay to you such things as we have according to our ability our willingness is manifest and it giveth help and it would pay more than we are liable to pay only the poverty of our speech afflicteth us and for this reason we appeal to you to accept a very little instead of very much now if it be that each one of you who accepteth the very little will amplify it by the ready will of his heart, then we shall be found to be lacking in nothing whatsoever, and such portion as we lack our own ready mind shall make complete. Now as concerning the little offerings brought by the poor man, and the large offerings of the rich man, when God looketh upon them, he receiveth them to himself with equal honor, Nay, perhaps he inclineth more to the gifts of the poor man, for he looketh upon the willingness of the heart, rather than upon the abundance of the things offered. Let the proof of these words, moreover, be to you through the words of the poor widow, who threw two lepta into the treasury. For the honor of this offering was far greater in the sight of God than the gold which the rich men gave. For God hath need not of gold, but of a pure heart, and of the upright purpose, which is disposed towards that which is good. Now therefore we ourselves will enlarge our hearts in sincerity, and we will bring in this address as an offering to God, and will set it aside and cast it into the spiritual treasury. And thus shall we discharge our debt of a discourse to you. For I recall to my mind that I made the promise which I made to you yesterday that I would preach concerning the fortitude and prudence of Susanna, because this subject would be of very great advantage to many, just as the story of the fight of Joseph in his chastity and in his contending is of very great benefit to man. Let moreover Susanna fight now, as in a theater which is filled with the multitude. Let her fight in the place wherein God and his angels and men and women shall look upon her, and she shall teach young maidens to think scorn of death, if it be incurred for chastity's sake. Now this blessed woman Susanna was of noble birth and race, and her bodily form was beautiful. She had been carefully secluded in her own chamber from her childhood, and having led a chaste life, she had grown to woman's estate. Now Satan had watched carefully her youthful beauty, and had joined herself in the bond of marriage according to the law and she kept her husband's bed undefiled, and she observed the ordinances of her marriage. Her eyes never rested with pleasure upon the beauty of a strange young man, or searched it out. She neither allowed her ears to listen at any time to the words of lewd speech, nor did she permit her nostrils to snuff sweet scents, nor did she array herself in apparel which had been held over the smoke of burning perfumes. In short, she did not permit any one of her senses to carry her away with sudden swiftness, lest the chastity which she had set firmly in her heart should be destroyed, and her soul glide downwards into obscene pleasures through the deceit of apathy. 
now the greater number of the sins which come into being in the soul arise from the senses for the soul abideth in the heart even as a virgin who liveth quietly in her chamber and the five senses are the servants which minister unto her now the senses are the eye that is to say the sight and the hearing and the smelling and the taste and the touch and if the soul be not led astray by any one of these senses or corrupted thereby it remaineth alone and suffereth no injury whatsoever if however it happen that the eye wandereth about and doth contemplate the beautiful forms of young men then do the waves of desire boil up in the soul and overcome it and the winds of passion beat down upon it straightway and it wandereth away from chastity and goeth into the gulf of sin and is swallowed up in the vortex wherein david himself was engulfed moreover it was he who cried out concerning himself saying i have come into the abyss of the sea and the storm hath drowned me so also is it in the case of the hearing if the ear receiveth the pleasant voice and the deceitful words of lewdness which accompany it then doth the heart incline thereto and they drag down the heart into destruction and again if the taste devoteth itself to continual eating and feasting and to innumerable wine-bibbings then doth it draw the soul downwards and into darkness and into drunkenness yet again in the case of the smell if the nose be in the habit of taking delight in the things which have sweet smells that is in scented unguents and in aromatic perfumes and in bosoms it falleth at length into a state of numbness and it bindeth tightly the soul in that state of numbness along with it moreover if the chaste soul be in any of these conditions she hath made herself to be like unto a virgin who hath been delivered over into the hands of her servants and hath slipped down into sin and hath lost the power of holding herself back for when once the habit of incontinence has entered into the soul it acts the part of a thief and it breaks into the treasury of the heart which it makes into a desert and it strippeth it naked and leaveth it unchaste now this blessed woman that is to say susanna kept guard over her eyes and her hands and her feet and her tongue and her nose and over the whole system of her senses and she became in very truth according to the word of the wise man like a garden enclosed and a fountain which hath been sealed which no man was able to strip bare and no man was able to destroy the abiding place of the sweet-smelling flowers of chastity and to ravage and to lay waste that place of beauty wherein was the fountain of discretion now there were two elders who were held in high esteem as men who governed the people and these men lusted after this woman and though both were being consumed by the burning of their lust they were ashamed to make known to each other concerning the fire which was burning in their hearts and it came to pass on a certain day that each of them went into a secret place where they could watch susanna carefully and they met each other face to face and when each had questioned the other each confessed to the other for what purpose he had come there then they made an agreement each with the other to commit a deed of sin and to work iniquity together and they kept watch over her diligently and waited for a time when they should find her alone then it came to pass that on a certain day susanna went into her husband's garden to lie down and rest there 
according to her custom, during the hottest season of the day, and she sent away her servants to bring to her the soda and soap wherewith to wash herself, and the elders suddenly rushed into the place where she was, even as wolves rush upon a lamb of the sheep, and they laid hold upon her, and then wished to work in her the deed of impurity of their burning lust. Now Susanna was between the two elders, who were far more evilly minded than the lions among which Daniel found himself. There was neither a servant with her, nor a neighbor, nor any person of her acquaintance, nor any young maiden, and there was no one there to render her help in any way whatsoever. God himself alone excepted, who was watching her from heaven. Now God had the power to prevent them from gaining the mastery over her, but he permitted them to engage in the contest, in order that the crafty designs which they had devised in secret might be revealed. For then would be made manifest both the chastity of Susanna and the incontinence of the elders, and in this way women might find, through the fortitude of Susanna, a house of instruction and that which is good. And moreover, the contending in which she was engaged was very great, and it increased in violence and became a mighty fight. Now the matter was far more difficult for Susanna than it was for Joseph, for Joseph was a man, and he was contending against one woman only. But this woman, Susanna, had to contend against two men, who were strong in their endeavor to do evil. And it is a matter whereat to marvel that she contended against these men in a garden, the place wherein the serpent succeeded in leading Eve astray. Now the spectacle was both great and profitable. It was a great spectacle because the elders who stated that they were nobles among the people were those who were contending in the strife. And it was a profitable spectacle also because the chastity of one weak woman was able to fight successfully against these nobles, even after they arranged with each other to fight against her together. And now the heavens are open, the trumpets send forth their blast, the contest is prepared, and the true master of the contest watcheth from heaven, and the multitudes of the angels gaze out from the heights of heaven on the spectacle. The serpent worketh diligently in these sinful elders, but faith herself is strong to prevail in this chaste woman, and there is great anxiety among them on both sides. The elders are afraid lest a woman vanquish them, while Susanna herself is afraid lest she fall from her state of chastity. And the devils make ready their rich banquet for these sinful men, and the angels prepare the honor which they have to bestow on Susanna from heaven. And these lawless men laid hold upon Susanna, and they strove with her first of all, in words saying, We are elders among the people. We are they to whom the people have entrusted the law, and the power to unbind and to bind in every matter whatsoever. There is no one at all in this place to see us. Be persuaded and lie with us, for we desire thee eagerly. If thou wilt not be persuaded to lie with us, we will bear false witness against thee, and declare that there was a young man with thee, and that it was on account of him thou hast sent away thy servants. Observe now how exceedingly difficult were the circumstances in which Susanna, this woman who was all alone, was involved. There were the disgrace of an act of unchastity, and the penalty of death, wherewith she would be threatened, and the contemptuous opinion of the people, which would make all of them to scoff at her, 
and the hatred wherewith her husband and her kinsfolk would hate her, and the grief of all her neighbors, and of every member of her household. And finally, there was the destruction of all her house. But none of these thoughts overcame this chaste woman, for both her hope and her heart were strong in the God of heaven. Then Susanna sighed heavily and said, I am surrounded by tribulation on every side. If I do this thing, I shall suffer death. And if I do not do it, I shall not be able to escape from your hands. But it is preferable not to do this thing and to fall into your hands rather than to commit sin before God. Woe is me, the shepherds whom I have considered to be men who would direct and guide me, I now see are wolves round about me. And those whom I have regarded as a haven wherein the ship of my soul might take refuge are those who would wreck me and they are far more dangerous for me than a mighty storm. Think not that I am afraid of you, and that I shall be persuaded by you to do your will, and that I shall pollute my chastity. I will not disgrace my parents. I will not cause my noble birth to be held in derision. I will not give my husband occasion to grieve. I will not put an end to my lawful intercourse with my husband for the sake of an improper union with you. I will not hearken to your senseless words, and I choose to die by a violent death rather than accept a polluted couch. Though my husband be not here with me in body, yet he is here in the desire of my heart, and the faces of my parents are with me at all times. Besides this, have ye in fear God, who is looking at you. Take shame to yourselves before the angels who are round about us by night and by day. Know ye yourselves, and know who ye are. Know ye also the law which ye read. For the law saith, Ye shall not lust to know the wife of thy neighbor. And having said these words, she cried out, wishing to make witnesses come so that they might testify concerning their lawless behavior. And the elders also cried out. And behold, the servants of Susanna and her handmaids rushed into the garden, and they saw the elders reviling her. And when the elders had uttered their charges against her, the servants were exceedingly ashamed, for they had never at any time heard words of this kind spoken against Susanna. And it came to pass on the morrow that a very great multitude of people gathered together, for as yet the struggle awaited decision, and the award of the crown had not been given by the judge. And all the people were gathered together into the synagogue, men and women, and young men and maidens. Now the spectacle was very great indeed. Men who were on the earth knew not at all what they were about to see, but those who were in heaven, that is to say the angels, had knowledge of everything which concerned the matter. And the elders came in, being filled with wickedness, and they called unto Susanna, as unto a woman whom they considered to have been already called into disgrace and death. But the true judge considered her to be as a woman who hath already been called into life, and unto the glory which is forever. And the elders said unto the people, Send for Susanna, the daughter of Hilkias. And they sent for her, and Susanna and her parents and all her kinsfolk, and her son came, and Susanna herself came as a woman who hath been held to be worthy of death for the sake of her chastity which was great. And she heaved bitter sighs, not because she was about to die, but because she was going to leave behind her bad name to her parents, 
and all her kinsfolk would become objects of derision unjustly. And because she had not there one who could bear witness concerning the matter which happened to her in the paradise. And there were very many folk who sighed for her, her parents and her friends and acquaintances, and her kinsfolk, and the people of her native town. And her husband wept, and all the members of his house lamented for her. And Susanna, being sorely grieved and afflicted in heart, and suffering bitterly and weeping, and being in a state of abject abasement, came and took her stand in the midst of the whole assembly, and the whole multitude rose up on their feet to see her, both angels and men. And the two elders rose up in their garb of shepherds, being, however, wolves, and the serpent, the calminator, was speaking in them, and they laid their hands upon her. And they said, Yesterday we were walking in the garden by ourselves, and this woman came in with two servants, and she sent the servants away and closed the door of the garden. Then there came into her the young man who hath disappeared, and he had intercourse with her. When we saw the sinful act, now we were hidden in a corner of the garden, we ran to them, but we were not able to lay hold upon the young man, for he was stronger than we were, and he opened the door and fled. Now we laid hold of this woman, and we questioned her, saying, Who is this young man that we see with thee? But she did not wish to tell us, and these things concerning which we bear witness we did actually see. And the whole synagogue believed them, seeing that they were elders and judges of the people, and they condemned Susanna to death. And they took her forth to slay her, and there was no one whatsoever to avenge the truth, God alone excepted, who, however, allowed these things to take place, in order that through both sides the work of each might be made manifest and fulfill itself. On the one side wickedness and incontinence and calumny and lawlessness, and on the other the perseverance of Susanna even unto death. And up to what point doth it appear to thee, that God remaineth oblivious of the believing ones. He remaineth unmindful until he hath tried them even as gold is tried in the smelting house. And he searcheth thoroughly the righteous by means of temptations of various kinds. For this is what he did in the case of Abraham, who took Isaac to offer him as a burnt offering. He built an altar, and there was no sheep there. He heaped up wood upon the altar, and there was no ram there. He took the slaughtering knife in his hand, and he went to Isaac to slay him, when straightway by a word God made him to hold his hand. And moreover these things have happened in this wise, so that each one of us, when temptation cometh upon him, and when he draweth nigh unto death, may not despair of the help of God, but may expect it until a length it shall come unto him. Now they took Susanna forth to destroy her, and there was no man about her to help her. And having seen that there was no help whatsoever to be had from men, she fled to the Helper, who is in heaven, the witness who is faithful, the eye which never sleepeth. And she said, O God, who art forever, who knowest the things which are hidden in the heart, and who knowest everything that shall happen before it taketh place, thou alone art he who knoweth that these elders have borne false witness against me, and behold, I am going to die without having committed any of these offenses concerning which these elders have borne false witness against me. And he who said, Whilst thou yet speakest, I will speak. 
and behold, I am in this place, heard her. Now whilst they were taking her forth to destroy her, behold, God made the Holy Spirit to move in a certain young man whose name was Daniel. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this woman. And the people turned towards him, and spake unto him, saying, What is the meaning of this word which thou hast spoken? And he took his stand in the midst of them, and said, Be ye not fools as to act in this manner, O house of Israel. Get ye back to the hall of judgment, for these elders have borne false witness against her. And all the people went back in haste. And Daniel said unto them, Separate the two elders from each other, and I will ask them questions. And he said unto each one of them, O thou who hast lived a long life in evil days, now have come upon thee thy sins which thou hast committed from the beginning. Tell me now, under what kind of tree was it that thou didst see Susanna and the young man talking together? And he said, Under the massic tree. And Daniel said unto him, Thou hast directly lied, on thine own head be it. For the angel of God, with the sword in his hand, hath now taken his stand by thee, and he shall cleave thee in twain. And having set this man on one side, he cried out to the other, and he said unto him, O seed of Canaan, and not of Judah, the beauty of the body hath led thee astray, and carnal desire hath stupefied thy heart. Tell me now, under what kind of tree was it, that thou didst see Susanna and the young man talking together? And he said, Under an evergreen oak. Then Daniel said unto him, Thou hast also lied, on thine own head be it. For behold, the angel of the Lord standeth by thee with his sword in his hand, and he shall cleave thee in twain. And all the people cried out with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord God, who delivered every one that putteth his trust in him. And on that day he delivered innocent blood, and there was fulfilled on Susanna that which David spake, saying, My soul cleaveth to thee, and it is thy right hand which receiveth it. And these two elders, who had hunted after the soul of Susanna, shall descend into the depths of the earth, and shall be delivered over to the sword, and they shall become portions for foxes, that is to say, for the devils. Moreover, the king, that is to say, Susanna, shall rejoice in God, and every one who sweareth by him shall be honored, that is to say, every one who believeth on him. For the mouth which speaketh violence hath been stopped, that is to say, these two wicked elders. Then was the grief of the parents of Susanna turned into gladness, and her husband rejoiced and ascribed glory to God. And all her kinsfolk were glad, and all the people of her village, and all the members of her household rejoiced greatly. In short, there was gladness before God and the angels and men. Seest thou the strength of Susanna's soul? Seest thou the chastity which was in this weak vessel? The soul which is chaste shall endure, and shall conquer in deathlessness. It shall continue to bear fruit which flourisheth and decayeth not and it shall continue unfailingly in the virtue which is without blemish by the help of God. This woman, moreover, was glorified by men, and was magnified by the angels, and was crowned by God. Imitate, therefore, this woman Susanna, O ye women, and follow her example, in order that ye yourselves may be held worthy of the exceeding great honor 
that was paid to her by God in Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom be glory forever and forever. Amen. End of homily 2